Welcome back to the Stretch Four Podcast. Your host, Matt Parker, episode 13 of the Stretch Four Podcast. Recording this one live from Los Angeles, California, where I'm at here for the LA Tech Week finale. Tech Week has taken over the technology industry for the past two weeks between San Francisco and California. So I'll talk a bit about my learnings from Tech Week, my experiences from Tech Week, and what I thought were some of the highlights. As always, like, subscribe, comment on all of our channels across Apple Music, Spotify, Substack, which is our main hosting uh, platform. Very, very much getting back into the newsletter as well. So you should see a new newsletter issue in your inbox if you're listening, to, if you read the newsletter for this week as well for newsletter 58. We'll talk about some of the things that I've been dissecting, reading, and contemplating with both life and business. So check that out at stretch4.substack.com. Also, all episodes, again, are available on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Please provide feedback for the show. But definitely excited to jump into this show and recap SF and LA Tech Week. Hope everybody's having a good week. Let's get to it. Spent time at the SF Tech Week, last but not least. Talk about two events. Wanted to highlight two that I went to. I went to the Stonks times A16Z demo day for generative AI companies. They held it over in Fort Mason, which is an interesting choice of location. It's a place called the Founders Incorporated, or it's like a co-worker, co-working spot for founders. Fairly nice venue, super crowded. I believe talking to the Stonks folks, they got over 1,500 RSVPs. They only allowed probably 200 people and it was standing room only. I was only able to stay for three of the demonstrations and there were a few that were interesting. One came to mind of Cambio Money. They completed YC two batches ago, but they're trying to build kind of a direct-to-consumer credit building product. So got a chance to catch up with the founder there at a later happy hour. So we ought to be doing some similar events later this month in Minnesota. But generally a good event, super hype. Tim Draper was a guest there, a guest judge. So was Mike Maples, uh, another well-known prominent VC here in the Valley at the early stage. Also, Rebecca, I believe Rebecca's last name slips my mind. She came in late and it was like a whole thing. When she came in late, you know, uh, Rebecca, who runs Canvas Ventures, Rebecca Lynn, who's the co-founder and general manager of Canvas Ventures as well as Andrew Chan, who is a consumer investor with A16Z. Lots of interesting things were pitched, but you know, I, highlighting it, Stonks put this event on. Stonks emerged out of the pandemic as this like online demo day company, and now they're kind of moving into doing uh, in real life demos. So it was an interesting event, met some folks there, super crowded. So I had to get out of there a little bit early. Uh, and the other events that I attended this week, BTV had an event, which is Jake Gibson and Sheil Manat's firm. Uh, they had an event over in the Mission. It was just a panel with a couple of their founders, Hoodman Rotfar of The Collective. He was one of the uh, representatives on the panel. Uh, so, you know, shout out to Hoodman. Uh, he's building a business of one solution for, you know, a, the creative economy, I would say. They also had Tobin... 
R. Diabu, who was the CEO of Cloud Trucks. Cloud Trucks received $115 million funding in 2021. So another big deal that was done in 2021. I'm assuming that Tobina got a nice secondary there. He's one of the funded by David Sachs, Nigerian entrepreneur, very impressive, sold a company to DoorDash, now doing a second play with Cloud Trucks. So they, you know, just talked about the general ways they're running their companies, talked a lot about, you know, keeping a, a strong mind for the for the race. I think there's just this like overarching theme in the Silicon Valley ecosystem right now that don't take your life too, don't take your company too seriously right now. And not in a negative way, but just take care of yourself, take care of your mental health, make sure you're doing things to, you know, allow your team to breathe. Obviously teams are buckling down now in some ways as well, but burnout is real. People are quiet quitting. People are getting burnt out. And, you know, you'd rather have a company that can weather this storm that we're in right now than go too hard and lose a lot of people. But it's, it's also interesting. Like I listened to a recent podcast uh, with Self Godin and, you know, one of the things that they talked about was that churn is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, people leaving your company is not necessarily a bad thing. Churn from customers is, but churn from like your employee base is not something that you should over obsess about, especially now there are going to be a lot of changes. So this was an interesting conversation, you know, some tacos at uh, West of Pesos in the Mission, never bad to experience that as well. And then the last event that I attended was a Snowflake event, Snowflake, which is well known for their data infrastructure platform being probably one of the biggest public IPO tech companies ever. And so I went to this event. They're obviously large uh, conglomerate startup, but they are moving down. And so this event was more for early stage startups. So it was very uh, engaging conversation there. They brought on a CTO of a company that Snowflake Ventures actually backed as well as Altimer Capital. And so Altimer uh, Capital, which is Brad Altimer's fund, uh, or Brad Gerstner, excuse me, Brad Gerstner's fund is Altimer Capital, which is a you know big investor in Plaid, who we just mentioned, but also big investors in a lot of companies, including Snowflake. But they are, interestingly enough, starting to do earlier stage, which is the sign we're seeing. So a lot of founders now, firms like Altimer. Now, again, I would caveat it with that the fact that a firm like Altimer is not going to invest in just any Series A company. They do prefer to invest in, you know, two-time founders. So the founder of the company that they highlighted at this event was Samuha, which is a is a secure data collaboration platform that is bringing to market this 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 product called Clean Rooms, and so they bring a cross cloud secure collaboration platform, enabling enterprises to safely run modern machine learning workloads inside their encrypted environment. And so they had their CTO as a part of the presentation. He was very charismatic. He spent time at Apple and Goldman, and then you know Samuhu was founded by a two time founder who. She's currently on the board of iHeartMedia. She recently sold her uh, last company to LinkedIn. Uh, and so this is her second route. Her name is Kamashi. And she, you know, she is the reason that they're getting this funding at the Series A level. So it's always, it's, it, it's always good to understand when a firm like Altimer, which is notoriously known for late stage public markets, is coming and doing Series A's, it gets, it, it, it peaks the question of like, what types of Series A are, they, say, Series A's are they doing? 
And then you you look at the background of the founder and, you know, she's on the board of iHeartMedia. She's on the board of LiveRamp. She worked in the office of CTO at Microsoft. She led product at LinkedIn after she sold her company there, uh, Drawbridge. So a lot of times the founder profile is, you know, fairly interesting. And me as a founder who's never sold a venture back company before, it's very interesting to understand how the game works and and really getting an acquisition or getting some type of sale, you do you do give yourself a huge advantage when you want to go start another company. So that's a very interesting factor, very interesting thing to think about as people tend to think about what they want to do, what they want to build, how they want to approach being a founder. But enjoy the conversation there, met the Altaware team, met other folks that are using date or using um, Snowflake. Uh, so it's very interesting to see how a lot of these data sources and these data businesses are being built and seeing companies like Snowflake come down. They did caveat to say that their credit system and their credit point system for startups is not as favorable as as Google or Amazon. So don't expect to use Snowflake if you're a startup and get some kind of crazy X credit points, right? It's very much much more conservative than the larger players, but they are interested in working with startups more and more. Welcome back to the Stretch 4 Podcast. This is episode 13. Wanted to recap my past few days where I spent down in LA for the LA Tech Week had the opportunity to attend two very um, strong events, both the Culture House, which is hosted by Mac Venture Capital, as well as uh, Rodney Williams and his co-founder for Solo Funds. They had a very, very great event. And I also briefly attended the Mantis VC, which is the venture capital arm of the Chainsmokers family office. And they partnered with M13, which is a fund started by uh, Carter Reum. And they hosted an event that had a lot of who's who in the L.A. tech scene, L.A. celebrity scene. I think Travis Barker, Travis Baker ended up doing a surprise performance there at the end. Both of these events were star studded. And so I wanted to speak briefly on how and, and what conversations were encompassed at those events. So starting with Culture House, I got to L.A. on Thursday and, you know, was catching up on work myself. So didn't have the opportunity to attend a conglomerate amount of events, try to do as much as I could for the time that I was there. Always like going down to LA. I am typically a person when I go to LA, I typically stay in the mix. You could say Hollywood, West Hollywood. So stay there, ended up going out to the, the event hosted by Mac VC, as well as solo phone folks. And it's a pretty fascinating event. I actually got invited by my friend who's been a DJ for their events for quite some time. And, you know, he definitely was like, Hey, we're, you know, it's going to be in LA. You should make it down. This is close as you're probably going to get to. I, don't, I typically haven't been out to South by Southwest, although I've heard great things. So, you know, I ended up heading down to, to LA and really with the, the, the main focus in attending a few of these events. And so Culture House event was a very, very swanky event. They had it at this $36 million Beverly Hills mansion. It was a very, I think the event started at around 12 p.m. and ran all the way to 8 p.m. So they had tons of ongoing conversations and content. 
from folks like Derek Fisher, uh, Nate Parker, speaking about a new TV show, to African-based founders talking about the impact of fintech and software in the African markets. So it was very engaging to 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 hear those conversations, but I think obviously the connections that people were making, definitely being in LA for a few days really opened my eyes to the differences. Obviously here on this podcast, being a content creator, there are lots of people in LA that are really, really influential, impactful in that area. You additionally have some venture capital emergence there. Got a chance to catch up with a friend, Kobe, Kobe Fuller, who's a general partner at Upfront Venture Capitals. You know, sits on probably about nine boards or so, you know, as well as Mark Suster, who who's heading up things there at Upfront. Obviously with Mac, Mac VC is headed up by Marl Nichols and Adrian Fenty. So they've put together a you know, very strong team with an LA focus. They primarily focus at the seed stage. And, you know, there are a lot of their portfolio companies were there. I got to connect with some folks that I knew previously that I'd never met in person, people that I've met through the pandemic. So very much had a great time there at the Culture House event. This is an event that seems to be growing each time they do it. I believe they had sponsors like JP Morgan, Latham Watkins, as well as, you know, MacBC and Solo Funds contributing. So they they were able to do it very, very big. And the most important thing I think that to remember about the Culture House is it is a very eclectic, diverse group of individuals, right? African-Americans are put first in this, in this type of event. So it has a lot of cultural relevancy that just quite frankly, other technology events just don't have the ability to have. And so I think that's one of the key differentiators with Culture House, which they have, I believe, three to four times a year, always at South by Southwest, LA Tech Week. I believe they're going to be at the Essence Festival this year. So great event. If you're ever in and around any type of event that the Culture House uh, could be a part of, I think it's a great place to go. While it is obviously targeting the culture, African-American people, you know, met tons of people from all different backgrounds. And I think that's the other beauty of technology is it is impacting all of our lives. So definitely enjoyed my time at the Culture House event. On to the next event that I attended, which was probably the most promoted and hyped event of the week at LA Tech Week. This is an event put on by Montes VC, uh, which is again, the venture capital arm of the Chainsmokers, musical artist group, uh, family office. They're based in Santa Monica, and that's exactly where they had the event at. According to reports, at, at some point last week, they'd received over three to 4,000 RSVPs or people trying to be on the wait list. It was a very small venue. I think it could only hold about 400 or so people. So there was definitely a, a FOMO presence there. I was fortunate enough to get a wristband given to me, which I didn't go pick up a wristband. So they they essentially designed this event where if you went and picked up a, a wristband, you got to go through the VIP line. But if you were just an RSVP, you had to wait. And I think at, the, at least the time I came in, that was a little bit conflicted, conflicted because the line was quite long. Uh, inside the event, a similar demographic, some of the same people, but a completely different type of group at this event, more traditional, as you could say, white tech culture. Obviously, it's just Nothing wrong with that, but that's just the difference in the culture house and this event. Met some, you know, again, met a lot of founders. When I go to these things, I'm thinking primarily two things, meet founders, 
me potential partners for anything that I'm doing here with Stretch4 Media. Obviously, being a B2B focused media platform, we're looking to meet with folks who run businesses that are primarily targeting businesses. And so I think I was able to make a quick amount of connections there. Got kind of tired, though. It was a very crowded, loud environment because they had it in their office, which I think that was by design. Ended up seeing that Travis Barker did perform. So that was cool. I dipped out before before getting that. But I think I had had a, a good enough experience that you know it's time for me to go. But Overall, my experience at LA Tech Week, there was a third event that I was going to go to with some friends last night before I came back, but we decided not to go at Nightingale, hosted by the notorious Peter Pham, who I saw at all of the events, dancing and shoveling out the liquid death across the across the ethos. Y'all don't know, Peter Pham is the founder of an incubator in LA called Science, and it's been successful in producing a company called Liquid Death, which is essentially an alternative to alcohol. And you saw that at all over the place at many of the events. They sponsor a lot of things down in LA. So overall, I think the LA tech scene is is quite different. Being a B2B focused founder, being an enterprise focused founder, I think LA for me is a great place to go, a great place to meet with people, people that I highly respect, like Kobe Fuller, who's with Upfront is a B2B SaaS enterprise investor. But generally, the, the the type of people, types of companies being built in LA are very, you know, focused on the LA mission. And I think, from a content creation perspective, from media perspective, from a gaming perspective, I think LA is probably one of the better places and ecosystems for technology. In areas that I'm more focused in, around B two B enterprise, data infrastructure, AI, I don't think it's as important or relevant there. Uh, I was having a conversation with a, you know, one of the top black VCs at a very large multi-billion dollar growth stage venture capital fund. And, you know, he said basically verbatim, why do I still live in SF? Well, LA is a great place to come. It's a great, it's a lot more fun, you know, to do things and have events like Culture House. And But for what I do and my mission to meet the best and brightest in B2B enterprise and AI, it's just not going to happen in LA. And that's just a fact. And I think industry by industry has its own cadence because if you're an entertainer or you're a content creator, I'm in a content, I'm in a content creating space as well. So I think LA for, I had probably the best conversations around what we're doing here with stretch Four media, producing this podcast, kind of trying to be more consistent with production. And so there's a lot of things that I can do better in that regard. And I think people in LA are always thinking about that because everybody almost that somebody down that way is in some way, shape or form a content creator. So overall, great, great event. Comparing it to SF's Tech Week uh, is a very hard to do. Two different places, two different environments, two different types of experiences. But I think overall good for the tech sector. I think Andreessen is making a point to make these events happen in, in the three primary markets for technology. Overall, great experience. I hope that they continue to happen. I hope that I'll continue to learn and have more of a presence, but definitely enjoyed LA for the weekend. Also got to go to some cool spots that I typically visit when I'm down there, checking the pulse, uh, you know, nice guy. This is one of my favorite spots in LA, as well as a new spot that uh, was actually in the hotel I was staying at called the Casa Madera, which is a new Tulum inspired style restaurant. So those folks over, over there are continuing to do a great thing. You know, they, 
originally brought out Taco Madera, and now they have this Casa Madera spot, which was probably one of the hotter places to be at in LA for the past three to six months, from what I understand. So, LA is LA. Enjoyed my time. Now back up in SF with the family, but that's my recap of the LA Tech Weekend.